I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. and welcome to a very special episode of Your Business Boost podcast. Today, I am introducing you to one of my absolute favorite people. She is one of the original women that I worked with in my business uh, right back near the beginning, and she is an authority in the space of digital well-being. Dr. Christy Goodwin is a speaker, author, researcher whose space of expertise is decoding the neurobiology of peak performance in a digital age. In layman's terms, she helps us to tame our tech habits and minimize the impact that technology is having on our well-being and productivity. What I absolutely love so much about Christy, besides the fact that she's just an incredibly generous and kind woman, is that she is not up on her soapbox telling us all the doomsday horror of, um, you know, that we're all doomed and that technology is taking over our lives and we just have to put up with it. She is solution focused. She is dropping nugget of gold after nugget of gold after nugget of gold in our chat. She is going to share with you strategies that you can use in your everyday life to help minimize the depletion that digital technology and just, you know, kind of being always on um, is having on our lives. This is a must listen, whether you are a business owner, whether you are a parent, whether you are simply a person that is wanting to function better, have more control over your time, spend your time doing the things that are important to you, focus on the stuff that is important. I mean, my God, haven't we all struggled with that over the last couple of years? Christy has some great tips to share with us today and insights into why this isn't our fault and that we are all feeling like this. Uh, Zoom fatigue is something else that we cover. Um, So if this is a struggle for you, you're going to love Christy's um, insights here. But I guess the reason that I wanted to talk with Christy today was because we as entrepreneurs are often expected to be on all the time. And it is something that I talk a lot about on here and also with the women that I work with is about boundaries. But there's so much working against us and technology is one of those big factors. So Christy shares some brilliant insights into how we can get some control over over the tech and 
prevent it from controlling us so much. So you're going to love my chat with Christy today. All the links to connect with her are in the show notes as well as a really uh, special um, uh, discount code that she has given for our listeners to access some of her resources. But if this episode helps you, and I, I know it's going to because I always get something out of a conversation with Christy and I have known her for more than four years now and um, I always walk away with um, something that I didn't know before and this conversation was full of them. So I know you're going to get so much out of it. But if there is someone in your life that you think would benefit from hearing this conversation, please share this episode with them. It is really important to both Christy and I that as many people know this stuff um, as as possible because, you know, it's like that ripple effect, getting out into as many um, ears as possible. That is what's going to change, um, make lasting change when it comes to this stuff because it is impacting all of us, our, you know, our clients, suppliers, co-workers, our kids. So lots of people need to know this. So please share this episode with as many people as you can. Um, enjoy. I am going to now kick in to my interview with the fabulous Dr. Christy Goodwin. Christy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I am so looking forward to this chat. I can't believe that it's, you know, as we're recording this, it's the middle of February and I think we just all went into this year with such high hopes of, you know, this year being different and sadly for a lot of us, the year hasn't got off quite as we had hoped and your expert area is about um, how, you know, we can sort of perform at our best in a digital age and something that is a huge contributor to our not performing so well besides, you know, the sort of outside influences of, of um, COVID and that kind of thing is technology. I, I guess I wanted to start off by just asking why, why are we all struggling so much with with this, with our inability to focus. We like we know what to do, right? We know what to do. Why aren't we doing it? So I want to give you some reassurance. You're not the only one um, that grapples <laughs> with this. You. I do too, even though I, I study this. Um, mm-hmm. And research tells us the average knowledge worker, so somebody who's spending the bulk of their time working on a laptop or a desktop computer, used to be able to have a focused attention span of roughly six minutes. Since the pandemic, and this is yet to be published in research, um, but since the pandemic, that has shrunk to around three to four minutes of focused attention. And so we are living in an age of constant digital distraction. And I want to say, not that I'm abdicating responsibility because there are things we can do, but it's really not all our fault. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the way that technology has been intentionally designed has really impacted on how we use it. So we know, for example, that a lot of our natural biological buffers that used to exist in our day that helped us to focus and pay attention, for example, physical movement and sleep, 
they have been shaped by our digital habits. You know, we're spending more and more time on our screens and when we're tired, our attention span has, has shrunk. Um, when we're not physically active, you know, when we move, we make a whole lot of neurochemicals that actually help us focus. We make dopamine, norepinephrine, endocannabinoids, all of these things that contribute to focusing, but we're sitting down more than we ever have. Um, the other thing that I think has happened is that our digital habits, this always on tethered to technology culture that we've been thrust into, is adding to the micro stresses in our life. And even though they sound quite benign, the alert or the ping or the phone call or the message that is sort of the soundtrack of your day, yeah. that those little stresses trick your brain into thinking that they're urgent and important. And so our stress load has increased exponentially. Um, the third reason I think is because of the way that the technologies we use both professionally and personally, they've been designed to prey on our psychological vulnerabilities and to be very persuasive. You know, the fact that your notification bubble is red, red is a psychological trigger for urgency and importance. You know, would you check your notifications if it was baby pink or sky blue? Probably not. No. You know, the fact that there's a number declaring that you've got 88 unread Slack messages makes you go, ah! And so those really simple things, um, the big one I struggle with is something that's called the state of insufficiency the online world is a bottomless bowl. There's no stopping cues. There's no endpoint. You know, inbox zero is a false sense of security. Like very few people ever get there and stay there. There's always something new we can look at a news site or on social media. And so this state of insufficiency leads us to constantly being distracted. I think the last one is, and I think this is unique to the pandemic, is many of us have, have struggled with stress and overwhelm and uncertainty. Um, and what happens is our brains actually often craving a little hit of dopamine, the neurotransmitter that makes us feel good. So if I can dart to quickly check something on social media and then get back into my inbox and triage it, I'm doing the, the shallow light work, but I'm getting quick hits of dopamine. And so we're craving. Um, and so th this, this constant state of distraction then fuels itself. It's like this vicious cycle. So I think they're the chief reasons and a lot of them I believe come back to our relationship with our digital appendages absolutely god that is I, that um that dopamine hit that is fascinating isn't it because something you know that both you and I talk a lot about is that that multitasking thing and how it's just it's not an efficient way of working but I can see and and look I do it myself I do like it's like oh you know I'm and and using it as a procrastination tool and and all of that sort of thing it is really and and it's so reassuring to hear Christy that um you know that it's it's not our fault really because the technology is designed to to interrupt us and to give us that dopamine hit and that feel good so I guess and we I do it, you know we, yeah, we, we do, do it all the time like you're doing uh, some really mentally taxing work maybe you're writing mm. a proposal you're doing a blog post something sort of really higher order thinking and you hit yeah. the stuck point what do all of us go and do check Scroll. social media yep. Yep, check our inboxes because we're craving that quick dopamine and 100%. so some of that has to do with you know uh, I think one of the problems that many of us are facing and why we are so distracted and so stressed is because we're not working with our neurobiology. And what I'm talking about here is we're not working with the biological blueprint that we all have. 
I often say we can't outperform our biology. Um, we have almost these biological rules that govern how we're supposed to work. And we are not, I hate to say it, and this is a public apology to all the men that are listening, women we were wrong men were right we are biologically incapable of multitasking you know when we think we're doing it we are actually just doing rapid fire task switching and it's depleting we you know we burn through glucose which is our brain's energy supply when we're multitasking we we release cortisol the stress hormone um we make 50 percent more errors when we're multitasking so we're actually wow. working against like these biological laws you know the other reason that we are often craving that dopamine is because we're sitting down and working in marathons not sprints i often say we mm -hmm. have to set our work days up to work in digital dashes because mm -hmm. we have something called an ultradian rhythm and let me know if this is too sciencey um fascinating but, so, but yeah. we have these biological rhythms that determine our energy peaks and troughs and humans roughly have 90 minutes before we hit a peak and then a trough so we're not designed to sit down and have four hours of back-to-back -back Zoom calls and and triaging our inbox in between. We yeah. are designed to work in short bursts. And when we do yeah. that, we're much less likely to multitask. We're much less likely to feel stressed. So it's about, I, I don't like the word hacking, but it's about finding the tactics that work with our brains and bodies rather than against them in this digital landscape yeah. we're all in. So have you have you got any tactics that you can share with us? Like what can we, because, you know, like I said earlier, it's like, the, you know, the technology is designed to work against us. And so we are trying to work against our, um, like the, the way we are, bio, like biologically. So what, what, what can we do? How could, because this is not changing, like when, you know, no. It's only going to get more crazy, I think, um, you know, uh, and it, we need to be able to work with it, yeah. not, not try and fight against it, I think. And I'm so pleased you acknowledge that because there's a mm. lot of people saying you just need a digital detox or, uh, you know, I mean, it's such unrealistic and unhelpful mm. advice. And Unless fact, you're in a health retreat, you know, well, not lay in a, you know, in an ashram somewhere or whatever, but like really in our real life, and, and this is what, you know, this podcast is all, it's like real life, real, yeah. what it's really like to it's, run a business. And, you, you know, you and I both know it's like, as an entrepreneur, there is the expectation that you are always on. Like, so yes, I, I would love to hear hear some some tips, please, tips. that we can action. Yeah. So those detoxes don't work because we know mm -hmm. they actually create a binge and purge cycle. So we go off to the health retreat, we lock our phone away for four days, and then we come back on Sunday night and we catch up on the emails, we check the social media notifications. So what we need to do is to build um, more sustainable digital habits. And I, I talk about these with um, teams and individuals about establishing your digital guardrails, establishing the parameters around where, when and how you will use them. And I think this is absolutely paramount for entrepreneurs, for organisations, even for individuals. You know, what are your no-go tech zones at home? Um, what are the times and the spaces and places where you will use technology? How responsive will you be to WhatsApp messages or um, your text messages? So I think establishing those guardrails. Another strategy um, that is really important is that we have to build a fortress around our focus during critical times of the day. And I suggest these are your peak performance windows. 
So we all naturally have a, a peak in when we sort of fire on all cylinders. And this is determined, it's actually genetically determined by our PE3 gene. And it's something called your chronotype. And your, your chronotype basically dictates when you're most focused and alert. It also dictates when you naturally want to fall asleep. And I hate to tell you and your listeners, Michelle, you can't shift your chronotype. So we're either a, a morning bird, um, a middle bird or an owl. And yeah. so the trick is, and this is what I think the silver lining of the pandemic is for many of us, we're no longer constrained to the nine to five workday. We, and this is sort of a double-edged sword because now we can work anywhere, anytime. Mm. But this is the benefit. If you have got a greater locus of control over when you work, and most of us as knowledge workers do, you can structure your day so you're doing your deep focused work during your, your peak performance window. That's the time when you have to eliminate as many digital distractions as you can. That's when you should be working in these digital dashes, you know, roughly 90 minute cycles. The last strategy is, and again, I want to give people, rather than sort of us abdicating responsibility mm -hmm. and saying the text destroyed us, it's, you know, yeah. made us all addicted. I think that's, mm -hmm. you know, not very empowering. We, we can, we have so much more control over the technology than what we often indicate. And mm. during that peak performance window, so not for the whole day, you've got to try and disable as many digital distractions as you can. Um, you know, can you turn off your non-essential notifications? Can you, and you can on most devices now, bundle or batch notifications to come through at a, a set time? Can you create a VIP notification list so that client or the colleague who you do need to be really responsive to can get through the do not disturb barrier, but everybody else is blocked? Um, mm. And, you know, something as simple, and this is backed up, a, a really fascinating study was recently done where they found that just seeing your phone, yes. so if it is in your line of sight, even if it is on silent and even if it's face down, so you're not going to see the notifications, you're not going to get the mm -hmm. vibrations, seeing your phone in your line of sight reduces your cognitive performance by 10%. Mm. Put simply, seeing, having your phone nearby makes you 10% dumber. Your, your brain, even though you're not realising it, is, is thinking about it or is being partially distracted. So put it in another room, put it in a drawer, um, yeah. pop it in a cupboard. So they're simple things that we can do to... Um, optimize our focus yeah i i remember you i don't know where you spoke about the the phone in the line of sight thing but that's something that i'm really really conscious of not just when i'm trying to be super productive but also when i'm trying to relax so because i noticed that what i used to do if i ever you know had like a little window where i could you know sit down and read a book or something like that um if i was if i was reading a, a book but my phone was just, you know, just right there where I could see it. I was constantly like, I, I was not relaxing. I wasn't like fully deep in the contents of the book because my phone was right there. And then I remembered you saying that and I was like, yeah. okay, the phone is now out of sight. Like I do not yeah. need the phone while I'm, while I'm reading a book. So, yeah. And no, it seems really innocent, you know. So many of us have our, you know, research yes. tells us most adults are now no longer more than mm -hmm. one metre proximity away from their phone for most of their day. That is why 47% of people are said to toilet tweet. That is use their phone yeah. in their bathroom. So we are just really entering dangerous territory. And <laughs> they're simple solutions. I often say to people, you know, the basics work. If you work the basics, you know, it's not complicated or convoluted to put your phone somewhere when you don't, no. not for the whole day, but for when you need to get that focused work done.
And Christy, what about Zoom, like Zoom <laughs> fatigue? It is a real thing and it is just, you know, it's the other it's the other pandemic, I think, like the pandemic oh, came with the pandemic. And, look, for someone like for, for both of us and for many of the women in our world, it's actually made, um, it's, it's had really positive impacts on yeah. our business in that we are now, you know, it is, normal to you know work via zoom to present via zoom um you know it's expanded our reach that that led us so many positive things but there is also god so i mean i as we are recording we're recording this over video i am wearing glasses that i now have to wear like all the time while I'm in front of a screen, which I did not have to do two mm. years ago. Um, so it's you know it's impacting my health. It's also exhausting it is so draining I think anyone that spends a big chunk of their day in front of zoom whereas I've just come off the back last week I was I spent two full days out of the office in front of people like human to human in a room together and I was flying high I was like a maniac on Friday afternoon after that like I was you know all the introverts around me were just like hiding in a cave but I was like woo! but it was because it's so different to when I do back-to-back zoom meetings so what can we do to like because it's you know this is not going anywhere again it is a new way of working zoom teams whatever it is that people are on um how can we how can we work with it instead of again trying to fight against it, fight against it and cope with that fatigue that that kicks in after we spend so much time on zoom yes and the zoom fatigue is a real phenomenon and thankfully researchers are actually corroborating what many of us have just instinctively felt and that is that things are happening in our brain and body when we're spending a huge amount of time online Um, One of the reasons that we're so tired from video calls, and it doesn't matter if it's Zoom or Teams or WebEx or one of the Mm. other platforms, is Mm. that we're usually roughly 60 centimetres away from the screen and looking at rather large faces, depending on the size of your laptop or a desktop computer. Now, seeing a huge head that size, roughly 60 (laughs) centimetres away from you, is... Um, a kid that that space being 60 meters 60 centimeters proximity from someone is usually reserved for lovemaking for wrestling for playing (laughs) football and so our brain is getting these muddled associations it actually finds this really stressful um the other thing that's happening is that we're much more sedentary you know you cannot move around anywhere near as much in your zoom or teams window as you would even in a meeting so again, that decreased mobility means when we're not making those neurochemicals that help yeah. us focus and, and mm. feel good. The other thing I think that's happening, and I will admit, um, is is we call it impression management. And it is the first time in history where we see what we look like in social context. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you see your idiosyncrasies, you see your eyebrows that need plucking, you know, your kids have told you for years you're going bald and you happen to see that. Yes. (laughs) Or the lines that the 11 in the middle of my forehead. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's really fun. This is a bit of a tangent, but I think your audience might appreciate this. Um, The Plastic Surgeons Association in America, have you heard this, had a huge surge in people requesting um, adjustment, shall we say, to their, their faces because it was the first time they realised, you know, that their brows furrowed and that things moved where they shouldn't during mm. the pandemic. The statistic was absolutely mind-blowing. 
doesn't um, surprise me at all. It really yeah. doesn't. Yeah. And I, I think the last reason is it's just it's a higher cognitive load. You know, our brain is trying to make up for all the truncated social cues that we used to see. You know, you can't see body language and posture and full gesticulation. So basically our brain's working overtime. So what do we do? Mm. Mm. Keep them short, short and sweet. Um, okay. Microsoft did a study and they hooked people up to EEG machines, they conclusively found that fatigue sets in around 30 to 40 minutes on a video call. So mm -hmm. we need to either have regular breaks or set our meetings up so they're shorter. The other thing, again, Microsoft did these studies and you can't argue with this science, yes. having a 10 minute break between your meetings and a break, not checking your phone, not checking your emails, but going outside, closing your eyes, making a cup of tea, doing some squats. Um, Lizzie from Two Minute Moves has great yeah. micro oh, movement love breaks. Lizzie. I'm sure yep. you can sell, yep. share those. Um, yes. Just anything you can do will reduce your cortisol levels. And mm -hmm. when we're stressed, again, we can't pay attention, we feel exhausted and it's that vicious cycle. The yep. simplest strategy and the one that I live by, you can just blame dodgy internet, is to close your eyes for 10 seconds. Closing your eyes for 10 seconds sounds too simple to be true, but what it does, and I'm so pleased listeners, Michelle is doing this and she I'm can report doing it right now, moment, yes. <laughs> is that when we're online, two parts of our brain, our occipital and our temporal lobes, they're processing everything that we see and hear. They're working overtime on video calls. Closing your eyes, even for just 10 seconds, longer is great, but 10 seconds sort of the minimum viable product that you need, mm -hmm. it will have a huge restorative effect. Your alpha brain waves will increase, you'll feel more focused and it will reduce your cortisol. So there's really pragmatic things that we can do, even increasing the distance, you know, yes. so that 60 centimetres mm. is a bit further away. Yes, um, yeah. I think I actually struggle with the opposite, Christy, because I work off a laptop, right? So. Yes. Um, particularly when I'm presenting to groups and yeah. everyone, like, well, first of all, sometimes, you know, if you're using slides, you can't see everyone and um, everyone's teeny tiny. Um, also, and I find it difficult too when people have got their camera off, right, because yes. I'm wondering what are they doing? Are they listening? Are they, is this landing? Like, does anyone care? So there's, there's that going on as well, which I guess contributes to like the cortisol and the stress. So that's, that's fascinating. So the 60 centimeters, I'm going to be really mindful of that because I know I'm definitely right now, as we're recording this, I'm closer than 60 centimeters. <laughs> But again, it's because I'm working off a laptop, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that um, has, you know, um, we're going off on a tangent here, but yeah. we know we have seen the, the research is telling us rates of myopia, which is nearsightedness, have increased exponentially mm -hmm. with kids, teens, and adults during the pandemic. Um, wow. a, a study recently reported that during the pandemic, adults, I dread to think what kids and screen ages were spending, but adults were spending an average of 13.28 hours a day looking at screens. That's frightening. And, and, and look, the kids would have been up there as well, obviously, with, with you know, all their learning being online and all of that. Yeah. That's mental, isn't yeah. it? And, again, it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely looking at the screen that we think is contributing to that increase in myopia, mm -hmm. but it's what that screen time is displacing. We're not getting outside in natural sunlight. Mm -hmm. And Adults need two hours a day in total. It doesn't have to be accumulated in one big chunk. But if you can get out for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour here and there, two hours of cumulative exposure to natural sunlight we know will help offset myopia. 
So, you know, we've got to get outside. We've got to take a break because, again, you just can't argue with these sort of biological needs. Yeah. Like I love this information. And, again, again, it's the explaining of Mm. why and what the impact is on on us and how but more importantly how we can you know try and tripwire and um yeah i love and i was just going to add um that one of the reasons that many of us have felt stressed and overloaded and burnt out in the last little while again related to our screen habits is you know we're as i've mentioned before we're, we're sedentary um we're not getting outside enough and that was also having an impact on our sleep Many people during the pandemic said, you know, I I might have even been getting more sleep because I didn't have my commute or my sleep was roughly the same, but I was just exhausted. And it's this tired and wired phenomenon because of our increased exposure to blue light and our decrease in exposure to vitamin D and natural sunlight, our circadian rhythms got shot. And Mm. so many of us were not getting the deep restorative sleep that we need. And again, Mm. you know, when we're tired, we can't focus, we feel stressed, we feel overwhelmed. And again, it's just these vicious cycle, but things we can put in place. Yeah. I mean, especially when you consider people were sleeping in their office, you know, like Weren't literally, they? you know, if they were, if they were, <laughs> if they were working in their bedroom and then, you know, there's their laptop over there yep. in the corner winking at them or their phone <laughs> or whatever. It's yeah, it is really, really tough. But I, what I love so much about you, Christy, is that like, this is not a beat up. Like, it's not like, yeah. you know, everyone's, you know, do this, do that. Like, you know, you're, we're all doomed and which we're not. Um, I also, some and something that you're also like super great with in terms of like sharing those like digital habits with, with your audience is around managing our inbox because that is this is something you know I did an an episode on this um last week about not letting your inbox become your to-do list like you know and 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 you know sort of creating your own to-do list and but that that pull to our inbox that but you know we're talking about the notifications pinging all the time so how can we manage that yeah in a more sustainable way that's not going to have such an impact and and uh stop us from getting into this deep work that we need to be doing in order to yeah build our businesses and so I want to acknowledge that for most of us, email is our digital Achilles heel. It is the mm. thing we really struggle with and it has a huge impact on our productivity and our well-being. There's a condition called email apnea and we literally, we've done scans and shown that when we go into our inboxes, a lot of us hold our breath, we dump a whole lot of cortisol, our heart rate accelerates. It's that unknown variable, you know, we never know if there's going to be something good or terrifying in there. Um, So I think acknowledging it has a really big impact and then saying, well, how do I want to use email intentionally? And again, we've had numerous studies that tell us we shouldn't be nibbling on our inboxes throughout the day. It it really fractures our attention and dents our productivity. What we're better off to do, again, conclusively proven, is we should ideally be checking our inboxes two to four times a day. Anything less than that, we start to have the FOMO. Anything more than that, it really becomes a distraction. So timetable schedule when you're going to check it the trick here is to be checking it not in your peak performance hours unless you're in customer service or unless you're in a something that really does require an urgent reply 
most of us as knowledge workers or entrepreneurs don't really need to be responsive. We got tricked into thinking we do. So have those digital parameters. If you really want to provide peace of mind for a prospective new client, um, have an autoresponder. You're out of office autoresponder when you're not going to be responding. You don't have to do that. Maybe it's just communicated in your email signature how you know responsive you'll be. Um, I recommend, and this is not my suggestion, but I read this the other day, um, Laura May Martin, who's Google's productivity expert. Like, what a great job. Um, she, she <laughs> That's says, like your dream job, isn't it? Uh, isn't it? I'm, I'm po- poaching that position. Yes. Um, we need to you treat that. Google? Because they probably are. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, hey, Siri, but it's not hey, hey Siri, Siri I want. <laughs> hey, Alexa. Yeah. Um, treat your email like your laundry and it's so true we wouldn't do like we wouldn't wash a pair of undies and then a pair of socks and then hang them out we wait till we've got a full load we put the load on then we empty the load and pop it out and sort it out and we should be treating our inboxes like that I often say have a two-minute rule go in and triage your inbox and I I recommend a five-folder method I have the, the the five d's do Delegate, digest, so what do you want to read? Mm -hmm. Any documents and delete your bin. And so once you've triaged your inbox, if you can reply or deal with the email within two minutes, you do it on the spot. If not, everything goes into one of those five folders. And then when it is your email chunk during those two to four times a day, you know exactly what you need to do rather than just splitting our attention and constantly going in and out. Yeah. The other thing, and it sounds so simple, but by goodness, it's effective. Just send less email. Yes. Pick up the phone and ring someone. People these days love a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been using Vidyard lately to record a video instead of a text email. Yeah. But And I found people will ring me after that. So the less you send, because email we all know has that snowball effect. You send one and off mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. Um, a phone call makes such a difference. It's so true that, that the non-sending just makes an enormous difference I I um and I love the treat your inbox like your laundry that is so cool and I'll add another thing here there are a lot of women in my world who outsource their laundry (laughs) so (laughs) let's just you know let's just caveat this with you know you don't do, you know, my kids, I mean, they actually they do. My kids, uh, I'm teaching them, you know, how to do their own laundry. But, you know, sometimes you don't have to do your own laundry. So that's another way of, uh, of, of managing this, um, Christy. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and look at it, and Michelle knows this firsthand. I use a piece of software oh. called Rescue Time um, and yeah. it tracks what I'm doing online. And I get a weekly report sent to me telling me where I am spending my time online. And I set it up the first week and I thought, Here's this person who talks about digital well-being and distraction. I'm going to get the gold star report. <laughs> I opened up my first weekly report and I thought there's a mistake. They've, they've done something wrong. I was spending 37% of my week time, my working time on my device on email. So I think once you start tracking it, you can start mm. to see, you know, what a huge time cost that was. I'm here to say I've implemented these strategies. My email time, and I don't at the moment, I, I I was having someone help with my emails, but I don't at the moment. My email is down to well below 10, time, 10% each week. 
That's so good. Wow. Okay. And I know. But I'm trying to beat that report. Yes. But I I know (laughs) having been, yeah, but having been inside your, I know the volume of emails that, that, that would come through into your world, Um, you know, Christine. And I do have, I do have an EA who's managing her own inbox, but in terms of mine, that was how much was previously coming in. And when you start to quantify that, that's just a huge loss on your time and your mental energy because you know, you know, when you check one email, Mm -hmm. even if you don't open it, if it dances, if you please turn your notifications off, but you know how if you don't, it dances across your screen, you see the sender and the subject, you leave behind something called attention residue. So you may not have opened it, you may not have read it, but you have fractured some of your attention and you've left some of that attention behind. If you do open it, we know it takes the average adult 23 minutes and 15 seconds to reorient their attention back on the task they were originally doing. It's called the yeah. resumption lag. So it's just, it's taxing and it does, it, you know, not the best use of our time. Yeah. And if you think we're doing that multiple times a day, you add up all those 23 minutes and that, yeah. and that's, you know, that is why we still have, you know, really important tasks on our to-do list that we are not getting to every day because our time's being hijacked by, yeah, dipping in and out of what is essentially someone else's to-do list, mm. right? Because your emails are full of, you know, usually full of requests from other people and things that they need you from you for you to do. And it's, mm. yeah, it's it's about Sorry, were you going to say something? I was just going to say yeah. something there too. I, I think I touched yeah. on it, but I have digital dementia, so I can't remember if I just <laughs> said that. <Digital> dementia. <laughs> um, we do. Um, but mm. the um, be really selective when those two to four times are a day that you are checking. You know, don't mm. make it your peak performance time. You know, yeah. if you're not in that customer service role, reserve mm. that, that mental prime time for your deep focused work. For most of us, Email is what Cal Newport would say is our shallow work. So we really should be more strategic about when we're doing it, not giving away that, that prime real estate in our brain. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the worst thing that we can do, I think, you know, if you if you are particularly like if you're a morning person like myself, it's like getting stuck in your inbox yes. is the first thing that you do in the day because, yeah, then you you miss that window. Um, so for me, like I, I will always spend time in my inbox towards the end of the day because mm. that's when I'm, you know, not very you know, I guess responsive to like that sort of outward facing, you know, yep. client sort of work. So um Christy, this has been so <laughs> amazing. I mean, I my I've got notes scrawled all over the place here. There is there are like so many nuggets of gold um for for our listeners that to take away. And um I guess the the feeling that I'm getting here is that we are not doomed that that you know that there that there's hope um and it's just it's just adjusting to this way of working which it's funny I mean you've got kids I've got kids they don't know any different like Mm. they don't know any different at all so um do you think it's going to be better for them or like do you think it's because we're you know the dinosaurs that that just aren't you know we it's like we remember when it was uh you know life was easier which you know probably wasn't but I guess that's our our feeling because of what we have lived through do you think it's going to be easier for them 
I hope so. I, I hope that we're sort of treading the territory to make it easier for them. Yeah. Um, but I also think there's a really important responsibility that sits on our shoulders as mm -hmm. parents or as adults who are sort of, we're, we're, this is a really exciting juncture, I think, a, a point in history where we're defining and redefining ways of working, whether you're an entrepreneur or working in an organisation, um, we are carving out um, totally new paradigms and it is a paradigm shifting moment. So I think we need to stop and say, look, what does work for me? What doesn't work for me? Um, and, and start to build habits of working that really work for us. And I think um, that's important because our kids are imitating. We know that their brains have mirror neurons. They copy everything we do. Mm -hmm. So I think whilst it's exciting and, and we can set our work days up in ways that do you know, align with our neurobiology, our brains and our body, we also have to make sure that we're role modeling how to switch off and i'm going to acknowledge personally that's i struggle with this you know that one of my pillars of digital peak performance is digital disconnection <laughs> it is really challenging you know especially now we've blurred the boundaries between work mm. and home as you said we've now moved in we live in the office mm. um and so i just think that we have to be a lot more intentional about switching off and unplugging and seeing that, you know, I often say rest is a responsibility. It's not a reward. Yeah. You don't do it at the end of the big project. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm here to say, you know, as someone who, and I will be very honest, um, I, I suffered burnout at the end of yes. 2021. Mm -hmm. I think homeschooling got the better of me, multiple lockdowns, <laughs> um, doing the digital pirouette as a speaker and, and doing everything into a, a virtual. It took its a, a huge toll on me. And you know, if we don't prioritize our rest, if we're always on, you know, it is damaging for our well-being, physical and, and psychological well-being, but we're also not productive. I don't know mm -hmm. about you, but I have never, ever had a genius idea in my inbox or when I'm in a Word document. It happens when I'm going for a run, when I'm yeah. swimming in the ocean, when I wake up and feel refreshed. Right. And so we've got to carve out this time to, to switch off. And I think our kids, you know, we're all wagging the finger saying they're addicted mm. and they throw techno tantrums and they can't switch off. We haven't stopped to examine our digital habits as adults. So I think yeah. this is, um, yeah, an exciting time for us to carve out new, mm. I call them micro habits, little micro yeah. habits that we can do to change our digital behaviours. You know, again, not you don't need the big digital detox or to go laptopless or break up with Netflix. Like, let's all use it, but just mm. put those guardrails in place. Yeah, so it's not monkey. using us. Yeah, monkey see, monkey do, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I think that's awesome. That's such a great note to leave us on, Christy. So I always like to ask my guests to leave the audience with a recommendation, something that you've read, something you've watched, a podcast you've listened to, anything that is going to give our listeners um but you have given everyone a massive boost, but something that's going to give our listeners um a business or life boost. What's your so I I loved, I read this book over the, um, the summer period, 4,000 Weeks, and it's called Subtitles, oh. Time and How to Use It by Oliver Berkman. Mm -hmm. Fabulous, fabulous book that questions our relationship to productivity. Um, and the whole title is, and I read this in the opening paragraph, 4,000 mm. Weeks is the average human lifespan. It is absurdly, terrifyingly, insultingly short. Mm. That's how, how long we have. Like we only have, four, as, as adults, yeah. 4,000 weeks. So 
the problem with technology is that it robs us of our time and our attention if we're not in control of it. And so anyone that likes productivity, I will say it is confronting at times. It really sort of gets you to question the idea of busyness and to-do lists and a really good book. Okay. I recommend it. Awesome. Thank you. And where can everyone get more Christy in their lives? I have resources on my website, um, drchristygoodwin.com and on Instagram and LinkedIn are the main places. That's great. I will put all the links to you in our show notes, Christy. I'll, um, I'll send to, given that you said that your audience will probably be struggling with email, I have a Tame Your Email or Tame Your Inbox Masterclass. Oh, awesome. Through a, a little promo code so people can get 20% off so they can, you know, finally manage their Brilliant. Boxes. Yeah. So I'll share I, that with you. Yes, I, I have actually, I have, I have done that um, and I can tell you that I have made, I made some, big changes when when I did that um and it's awesome it's really really good and you know that's that's for everyone not just for you know people that run their own business um and yeah I just yeah you have been wonderful thank, thank you. you so so much for sharing your wisdom so nice to see you. I'm um, going to come yes. in close so you yes can oh yes on your laptop. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Thanks for sharing some of your day with me today. I hope it's given you a little boost. To continue the conversation or access any of the resources mentioned in this episode, visit michellebroadbent.com.au. And if you want to give me a boost, you can hit subscribe and be sure to tell your friends. Speak soon. Speak soon.